Hey everyone, Sam here, and welcome to another episode of Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. I'm excited to get started. I hope you are also. Let's go. This is your first time listening to Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. We want to say thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode, and we encourage you to check out previous episodes. Now, Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast is listener-supported, and so we encourage you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to help support Through the Winter's Ministry financially, on our podcast page, you'll be able to find a little button that says support. Click on it, and it'll show you how you can sponsor us for either $1, $5, or $10 a month. Now, if you didn't get a chance to check out part one of Is God Good? I encourage you to do so in our previous episode. Right now, we're going to get into part two as Marsha continues the conversation of, Is God Good? Check it out. I want to talk to you about four things that the author of The Shack, uh, W.M. Paul Young, he writes four points that I want to pick out in this book. Now, let me explain it just a little bit before we go any further. So this man by the name of Mac, um, he's had this major tragedy and he has walked away from God. He's totally backslidden and he gets a letter in the mail and the letter in the mail is an invitation for him to go back to where the biggest tragedy of his life has ever happened. So he, so out of his pure anger and frustration, he gets into the car and he goes to meet the person that wrote the letter. And when he gets to this place, it is broken down. It is just as horrific as he remembers it. And he's about to leave. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. And what seemed like a broken down shack turns into a beautiful oasis, a beautiful getaway a place of pure life and when he goes back into the shack he finds a woman who who represents god the father now i know everyone kind of thinks oh my goodness this is sacrilege that god would be in the form of a woman it wasn't that the that they were saying that god was a woman but it was because that woman what had the face like God took on the shape of a woman from his past that showed him love when he was younger so God didn't come in the form that would scare him he came in the form that would comfort him and then there are two other forms that were there there are two other people it was God the son uh Jesus and then God the Holy Spirit So these three people are living in this shack and they're inviting Mac to come and spend some time with them. And a few days go by and and there are conversations that that uh, spark between God, the father and Mac. And they are amazing. 
They are questions that we have once in our lifetime have asked God. And the the response that the author has God the Father give Mac is so profound. So in this paragraph, these two paragraphs found on page 127, God the Father says there are millions of reasons to allow pain and suffering and hurt rather than to eradicate them. But most of those reasons can be understood only within each person's story. I am not evil. God the Father starts off this amazing dialogue by saying, there are millions of reasons to allow pain and hurt and suffering. We don't want to believe that God is allowing it for a reason and for a purpose. We want to know that our God gets rid of it. When you have the coronavirus killing how many hundreds of thousands of people all over the world and um, people are in the hospital suffering and, and clinging for life, you wonder what in the world, what reason could God have to allow suffering? But the end of the sentence, the ending of that sentence says, The reason can be understood only within each person's story. As I have been studying more and more about God, I realize that what some people call good, other people call evil, which doesn't make any sense. How is it that I can find something to be good and someone else find it to be evil. Well, let's just take this coronavirus for an example. There are th- the, when this all took place, there were different responses to this because the world shut down. There were people all over the world that were forced to stop doing a bunch of stuff. Like, for example, my husband, who has been working um, endlessly, tirelessly, uh, almost, almost every day since he was 21 years old as a youth pastor. He's been working 21, 22 years in ministry full time for the first time, was forced not to go to church, not to work. Now, I want you to understand some people see church as church, but between um, Monday and Saturday, church is work for my husband. But for other people, they didn't see this coronavirus as a time for a restart or a break or a moment or um, um, a time for us to reevaluate ourselves. Other people saw it as a time when they were scared for their life because they had loved ones that were in the hospital that they didn't know were going to make it. This time is seen to them as a time of loss where it's seen for us as a time for reflection, 
a time for fathers who were working so hard but couldn't be with their children to be on the road walking with their kids while their kids were on bicycles or mothers who were working tirelessly who couldn't couldn't help their children with schoolwork wow they became homeschool moms against their will or people who who were driving in traffic for 45 minutes one way were now forced to stay home while others were coughing while others were having pains in their body, while others were barely able to lift their head up. They were dizzy. They had no one to help them. And some passed away by themselves in their house. Other people took advantage of that season while other people passed on during that season. That is how your story can determine whether God is good or whether God is evil. Okay. The next point, you are the ones who embrace fear and pain and power and riches so readily in your relationships, but your choices are also not stronger than my purposes. I will use every choice you make for the ultimate good and the most loving outcome. How in the world can God say, that he, that it's because we embrace fear, pain, and power, that he uses those things to bring forth his purpose. Well, that's hard to understand. See, God is not in the business of taking away our free will. Some people say that's, that's annoying, that's upset, I'm angry about it. And those people who are angry that God won't take away our free will are those people who probably um, became victims, like, for example, 9-11. God did not take away those pilots, those pilots or those terrorists' free will to hijack a plane and smash it into those two towers or the Pentagon or the one that went down just before it possibly could have hit the White House. You see, God did not take that away. But did he use it for something else? Shortly after everyone uh, was going through the loss of those who went, who passed away during 9-11, our churches were full our churches were full and i actually i actually had the the blessing to have my my cousin come to christ during 911 because she should have been in those towers and my cousin gave her heart to the lord during the time of 911 many people came to christ during 911 God would have rather those 5,000 plus people still be alive and still be walking this earth. But he used a moment that those terrorists took away our safety. And he scooped us up. God scooped us up, showed us love and reminded us that we are not alone, that he is on our side 
and he is by us. And see, some of us are saying, yeah, but I don't understand. I don't think that's a good example because you don't know what I went through that day at 9-11. And I I still don't see how God is still good and blah, 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 blah. We have to remember in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, that in that garden, Adam and Eve were not only visited by God, but were visited by Satan. Let's remember good and evil grew on the same tree and they were and God may have come to them at the cool of the day but Satan slithered around looking for an opportune time to deceive those two people now the next point you see broken humans center their lives around things that seem good to them but will neither fill them nor free them and I want to ask you guys Can you think of anything in your life that you are looking to fill you but doesn't free you? Could that be money? Could that be relationship? Could that be um, approval by others? Could it be clothes? Could it be success? Could it be anything that is not God? Anything that's not God, whether it's exercise, appearance, whatever, your children, your husband, you're looking to fill you, but can't free you. I'll be honest with you. These last maybe six, seven months have been very hard for me emotionally. And I don't show it and I don't talk about it to many people because it's very hard for me to explain. When um, when the shutdown hit, I, yes, I did not have anyone close to me that I that died of the virus. I did have a few of few loved ones that did get sick, but no one passed away from the virus. So I did not have an overwhelming sadness like other people did, but I did have some form of sadness. And I found myself crying mostly at nighttime when I was about to take a shower, while I was taking a shower, and then entering into my room to go to sleep. At nighttime was hard. And no matter how much my husband hugged me, kissed me, no matter how much my kids made me laugh during the day, or I went hiking with my family members, it did not matter because all of it was just a distraction for the moments when that door closed or when I laid in my bed and that weight of sadness just took over me. I can't explain it, but I tried, I understand filling myself with things that just wouldn't free me from something. It doesn't even have to be sinful. I filled myself and my time up with so many things. I couldn't, there were times I couldn't even really read my Bible. There are times when I I went to sleep and I just wanted to stay asleep. So when it's time to wake up, I would just hit the snooze button and stay in bed. I didn't read my word, and if I did read my word, I read it for half the time I normally would. If I prayed, I didn't pray the way I normally would, and I got up and I spent the rest of my day filling it with other things. Do you do that? When things are just really rough and evil just seems to be surrounding you, 
do you just try to fill yourself with other things but at a certain time of the day or a time of the year you realize you are not free God wants to set us free and then it goes on to say they are addicted which is us they are addicted to power or illusion of security that that power offers when a disaster happens those same people will turn against the false power they trusted in their disappointment either they become softened towards me or they become bolder in their independence during this time i have to ask you if you thought to yourself god is not good god isn't good because if he were good blah 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 have you become more bolder in being independent from God? Meaning trying to do things without him because you just can't trust a God that doesn't fulfill his promises? Do you decide, you know what, I'm going to do things my way because God, obviously you don't care about me. Or do you get to a place where you're softened to God and you repent and you say, I'm so sorry, God, for not trusting you even when things aren't good isn't that what was said today in the quotes where God is not contingent upon how our circumstances are again Crystal said if I accept that he's the most that he's got the master plan I have to accept that I'm a human being who will neither be able to comprehend or understand I can't accept one and not accept the other and sometimes that's what we do we accept only one side of God but we do not uh, um, accept the other and the other is what makes us question because we don't we can't get it and what we don't get we reject But we don't realize, we don't realize that we need to take all of God. And then lastly, I guess it's five, not four. If you could only see how all of this ends and what we will achieve without the violation of one human will, then you will understand one day you will. If God could be if we would just let God be God in our lives without forcing our will on his what would our life look like what would it look like if we chose to obey him over our flesh chose to do things his way now remember I said to you The things that Eve and Adam wanted because the serpent was talking about it, none of it was bad. It was the the method in which, it, it was the method in which we were going about it that Satan trapped us. What is the method in which you are trying to be set free and filled? What are you trying to accomplish in your life? What is it that you're trying to receive from God? Right now, as I close up our devotion, 
and our time. It seems very simple and it seems very easy to say, but we have to hear this one more time. God is good. God is good. And no matter what circumstances are before us, he has not changed. He will never change. Circumstances cannot take away and can't even add to his character. So I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you. And um, I need you to know that we all at some point of our lives look at our relationship with God. And, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. Again, taste and see that the Lord is good. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for this time. Lord, I know that um, who you are has a question mark all over it. Who are you, God? Are you a loving God? Are you a, are you a present God? Are you a distant God? Are you a good God? Are you an evil God? Are you a lying God? Are you a promise-keeping God? Are you a loyal God? Are you a disloyal God? Are you honest? Are you lying with everything in you that, and, and saying things that aren't going to really happen? You see, Lord, we are defining you by, by circumstances, we are defining you by people that are around us that give a bad example of love and faithfulness and kindness. We ourselves know that even in our own thoughts, we know how evil we are and we can't imagine you being better than our evil. So Lord, right now, I pray that you will be with us during these times. Help us, Lord, to get ourselves into a place where we can see you for who you truly are and never, never take away that character that you are. I thank you for everything. I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like and to share this podcast with others. Also, if you'd like to help support our ministry, don't forget to just click on that little support button on our podcast homepage, and it will direct you on how you can help us out with either $1, $5, or $10 a month. God bless you all. We hope you have a great week. Talk to you soon.